Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priest and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar, and let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Joel chapter 2, verses 16 through 18. In Old Testament times, which you can read of in Deuteronomy chapter 22, if a man came to a woman who was betrothed and tried to force his way with her, she was required to cry out against him. She had to voice her lack of consent in order to be found innocent under the law. If she remained silent, then it was considered adultery because it would be implied that she was all right with it. But if she cried out against it, then she would be found innocent and protected and only the aggressor would be judged guilty. Furthermore, anyone who heard her cry was required to help her and to bring the wicked to justice. Whether we understand it or not, many laws that were set in motion in the Old Testament are still honored by heaven today. So understanding this we might get a better understanding of why the Bible tells us that if we are betrothed to Christ, then we also are required to cry out against the sins of the land when the wicked try to force us to participate in them or even simply to agree with them. We are required to voice our lack of consent. That's why Paul tells us to contend for the faith, to stand fast in what we have professed and believed and heard and been taught over and over again. We are to fight to maintain our faithfulness to Jesus. This is a commission that we have been given, my friend. Get it in your spirit. The church needs to walk in this because when the righteous cry out against wickedness, Not only does it show their desire to maintain their innocence, then understand this, it also obligates heaven to come to their defense and to move against the wicked in divine justice. Yet, as long as you keep silent, when these issues are brought before the courts of heaven, you will be considered in agreement and will be judged with the wicked for not taking a stand against it. The world is very seductive 
But understand this, you cannot join yourself to it and not be judged with it. Yet in those areas where the enemy has forced his will upon the church, God will move harshly against him if she will cry out and declare her disagreement. When things like abortion, perversion, materialism, selfishness, covetousness, self-willedness, idolatry, and sin are mandated, the bride of Christ has an obligation to cry out against it or to be found guilty by acquiescence. In Ezekiel chapter 9 verse 2 through 6 we read this, And the Lord said unto the angel, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of even Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all of the abominations that are done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite, and let not your eye spare, neither have ye any pity, but slay all. Yet come not near any man upon whom is the mark, because that he cried out against the abominations of the land and begin at my sanctuary. What a commandment that was given by God, that judgment was coming, and that there was a protection from it, but you had to be willing to stand against it. And then he tells them to let this judgment begin at the house of God. Why? Because that was the unfaithful bride. That was the one that did not cry. That was the one that should have known better, that should have voiced her disagreement. That should not have allowed the enemy to force her to participate in wickedness without even the slightest protest. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, we read that the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. They understood that this principle was timeless. So don't be passive, complacent, compliant, or complicit. And think that you will be found innocent before the courts of heaven. You must voice your disagreement. You must cry out against the abominations like you care that your beloved's heart is being broken. You must say no to sin, even when it is being forced on an entire generation. In preaching, in teaching, in prayer, and in proclamation, cry out against the abominations. And know that when you do, heaven is then obligated to defend and deliver you. For as we read in Psalms chapter 34, verse 15, the eye of the Lord is upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and he delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and he saveth such that are of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, he will deliver them out of them all. 
Lord, we come before you right now and we know that things are not right in our nation, in our land, in our generation. Lord, we stand with you and your word, Lord, and we do cry out, Lord, the church is being forced to participate in things that are ungodly. And when I say the church, I mean the bride of Christ, the true church, not the counterfeit, not the mimic, not the idol worshiping cathedrals of Egypt, not the materialistic Hellenistic houses of theater and vain glory, but the true bride, the one who loves you, the one who reads your letter holds your word dear to her heart, the one who is waiting for you to come and to get her and to bring her to the marriage supper of the Lamb in the place that you have prepared for them. God, we cry out for deliverance. We cry out for salvation. We cry out for an outpouring of your spirit, whatever it looks like. Oh, Lord, we know that when you moved to answer the cry of your people in Israel, it stirred some things up. We know some plagues started happening. We know that an empire started collapsing. But nevertheless, you led them out like a bride into the wilderness and you protected and provide it for them. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Don't allow us to be overtaken. Don't allow your people to be ravaged. That the heathen might come and say, where is their God? No, Lord, we want you to be seen for all of the glory and majesty that you are. We ask that it would humble the prideful and hard heart. That they might see that you are truly a good and faithful Lord, and come to you in repentance and ask for your deliverance themselves. Oh, my friend, I'm asking today that the church would put away its performances, that it would do what was instructed in the book of Joel, that the people would gather, that the congregation would be sanctified. The Bible tells us that we're sanctified by the washing of the water of the word of God. Oh, Lord, that we would come to you in humble repentance, break agreement with the enemy and cry out against it. That we would come to you and say, Lord, save us from the wickedness that desires to overtake us for they are coming to put you to shame. They are coming to fight against your decrees and laws and proclamations. Oh God, step in and defend your holy remnant. And you will do it when we believe enough in you and what you said and what is happening to truly cry out against it. Not to take matters into our own hands. Not to react in the flesh or in violence, but to cry out in true prayer and intercession, as the scripture tells us, to call a solemn assembly, to weep and to wail between the porch and the altars, to cry out, oh Lord, do not allow the wicked to triumph over your remnant. Do not allow them to bring reproach upon your name. Do not allow them to force your bride to participate in something that is contrary to your will and your word. O oh Lord, preserve our faithfulness. We cannot do it in and of our own strength. We need you to be our covering. 
And when we do this, we can have all assurance of what is written in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 9, when it says that the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and how to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But right now he's drawing a clear line in the sand. He's asking you to make your decision on which side of it you're going to stand. Father, we recognize today that we, in and of ourselves, cannot save anyone. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. That means what we think is right. A filthy rag is not good to clean anything up with. It will only dirty more the thing that we are trying to clean so that we have to get the revelation that we cannot save men by doing what we think is best for them, what we think is right. We have to humble to the word of God. We have to be willing to cry out, to humble ourselves before the Savior and say, we need you to pray, Lord, save them, to ask, Lord, what is it you would have us to say to them, to point them to the scriptures and God's righteous judgments, to help them to come into agreement and alignment and faith. And what Jesus has done and has spoken. That's why the scripture tells us that the enemy is overcome by the blood of the lamb. What Jesus did and the word of our testimony. Because it validates it when we tell them, look, I might not even be able to make this make sense to you. I'm not going to tell you to do what I think you need to do. But I'm going to tell you what the scripture says. And I'm going to give you my testimony to let you know how it changed me when I believed it. Oh God, we cry out to you today for boldness and for faith and for revelation that you are the one that saves us, that by your blood men are saved or cleansed or transformed or born again. So we come before you and ask for redemption. We ask it for our loved ones, for our generation and for our nation. We ask you to do what no man can, even if mercy has to come through judgment, whatever it takes, we trust your wisdom. And also that it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So whatever course you take, we know it will be the right one. We ask you to move in deliverance because we have all faith and confidence that if we humble ourselves before you and have faith enough to ask, we shall receive it. Because if we are willing to cry out in the mighty name of Jesus, then you yourself will come and cast out by the power of your grace. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.